You are listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, a podcast for professionals responsible for the safety and well-being of their employees. Each episode features an interview with a leader in employee safety to discuss how to protect your employees from a wide array of threats, from severe weather to a global pandemic. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Employee Safety Podcast. I'm Peter Steinfeld. Today's episode features Ron Derrick, Corporate Senior Emergency Manager at Whataburger. If you live in Texas like I do, Whataburger is likely a beloved household name and a staple of your community. Today, I invited Ron to the show because he has a long and impressive career in emergency management in both the public and private sectors. He also has extensive experience with emergency services like fire and EMS, and his teams have won numerous awards and accolades over the years. Ron is currently responsible for detecting, assessing, verifying, and responding to all escalated incidents and disruptions at Whataburger's many restaurants, learning centers, and even corporate offices. Let's listen in. With an organization as large as Whataburger, it must be a really enormous challenge to keep all your employees and guests safe when an emergency or some kind of disruption occurs. So what's your first line of defense or step one, if you will, when an incident occurs? You bet. You know, Whataburger, uh, we're pretty big. We're 860 plus units in 14 states and over 54,000 family members. So we have things that are happening all the time. So we have to be on top of our game here in the command center. And we get that information from multiple different avenues. But the largest percentage of the information that comes to us is through our contact center. Our contact center is basically the company 911, if you will. The units and, and the upper management call into the contact center reporting different items that are going on and anything that's triaged in the contact center is sent on if it needs to be escalated is sent on to the command center we'll pick it up from there triage it verify it and then we start our processes and each one of those incidents are placed into a what we call playbooks we have 23 playbooks that we use that are basically a step-by-step process game plan. And it tells us what we need to do first, what we need to do second, who we need to communicate with, and then whether we need to activate what we call a core incident management team to manage the situation. Having that contact center must be a real boon for your people in the field. They probably feel like someone's watching over them. They're there to help and they're not just on an island alone trying to deal with those situations. Is that a, is that a fair statement? Oh, absolutely. It's a 24-7, 364, we're closed on Christmas, 364-day contact center that they know that they dial one number for any incident, whether it is something going on in their unit that they need an immediate response to, or their fryers aren't working. So it's a catch-all for everything that happens that may interrupt or impede business in the unit so they the the family members in the in the restaurants and and our employees at Whataburger we call family members and I'll get into that here in a little bit but we use the contact center as a avenue for them to call in for anything that that has gone wrong or if they're going to close because they're under a tornado warning or they're going to reopen and what have you so it's it's really great to have that center with those people that understand what's going on in the units and to be on the other end of the line to give first right of resolution 
to the uh, operators in the field. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, when I visited, you guys try to replicate a lot of the machinery and things that people have in those locations. So when they call in with an issue or a problem, you can work through it with them over the phone. Absolutely. There, there are the point of sale machines right there in the contact center that they can look at. But what's even more important is that the members of the contact center team have access to cameras in every one of the units. Mm. So they can talk a family member. If there's something wrong with something, they can talk a family member through any process because they're watching them on the camera and they're, oh, no, don't unplug that. No, plug that. Yep, right there. There you go. Now you got it. So we're able to give them that personalized instruction through this team we call the contact center. How do you staff that? I could imagine that sometimes you might need a ton of people, depending on the nature of the incidents that are going out there, like hurricanes, and other times it can be run pretty lean. It is, especially at night, as you can imagine. But we do numerous reports on staffing to make sure that the contact center is staffed according to number of calls that are coming in. So the higher the call ratio during the day, the more people we have on phones. And what's nice is we have a system system set up through our mass communication program that we can immediately send out a pre-recorded message that goes out to the team that's not working. If there's an incident that we need all hands on deck, we can immediately send that out to the rest of the teams, tells them we need you to get online and help us take phone calls. And uh, they can log in from home and start taking phone calls. So, so we have a way of ramping it up and of course, ramping it back down in the middle of the night, as you can imagine, midnight to six, not uh, near as many calls. Yeah, no, that's a great way to scale. Well, speaking of communication and previous conversations that we've had, you've mentioned that Whataburger has a communication matrix, which I really found fascinating. I think it would be helpful to our listeners. Can you explain what that communication matrix is and just how it works? You bet. So the command center here at Whataburger, the everyday team is a very small team in reality, and, and we're monitoring the threat to the units and to the offices and even our tier one suppliers. But the command center is more of a concept. So when the contact center gets an incident and they escalate it to the command center, the, the command center decides whether or not we need to activate the core team. What the core team is, is a representative of each department that uh, has the knowledge of the incident and a decision-making capability. It doesn't always take the entire core team because the entire core team is about 20 people. A lot of times it's very dynamic, it goes up and down. But when we activate this core team, we also are in charge of the command center communicating with the rest of the company, especially to executive leadership. The command center is considered the voice of truth. So because of that, everything that we send out is following a communications matrix. Every one of those playbooks that I talked about earlier, every one of them have the communications matrix built into it. And what that communications matrix is, is when there's an ex escalated incident in which we've activated that core IMT or core incident management team, the communication from the command center to executive leadership usually happens twice a day. And it involves a lot of times a, a conference call through our mass communication system. But that document, that communications matrix describes what communication is sent, who it's sent to, 
when to send the communications and by what mode. That mode may be a simple text. It might be a text and an email, or it might be where we have to use our mass communication program to get the information out to a lot of people really, really quick. Well, I'm incredibly passionate about communication, as you know, and our audience knows if they've been listening for a while. So do you have an example of a recent emergency where communication was key to your response and recovery? You bet, Peter. We had a recent incident in Central Texas where we had a line of severe storms come across uh, about from Waco down to San Marcos. And these storms developed so quick and had so many tornadoes associated with them that we didn't have time to send out communication for each individual tornado warning. So using our mass communication system, we were able to get the warnings out to all of our individuals and, and operators and executive leadership that lived in that area immediately where they could all use uh, their communication tools with their units to make sure all the units were prepared, all the family members in the units were prepared at a moment's notice. That mass communication tool was was a lifesaver, literally a lifesaver to get that information out to them as quickly as possible because we didn't have time to send out those uh, individually and the tornadoes were just erupting everywhere. We have one other uh, business case with it also because at Whataburger, we not only use our mass communication program for emergencies, but we also use it for our business services. We experienced multiple outages from our vendors in which we had no control over. We talked earlier about the contact center being our company 911 center. When units and operators across 14 states all of a sudden can't get to the contact center because of an issue, that becomes a problem. And if these people can't uh, get information back to our contact center, then we need to make sure that everybody in those in the 14 state footprint at one time knows that the corporate office in San Antonio is having an issue. So we sent out a mass communication to everyone saying, hey, we're going to change the process. This is another number that doesn't go through that call flow process. And this is the number you need to, to call the corporate office. So we were able to get that out to everyone at once using our mass communication tool. We also had one where our, all of our point of sales were down and we could not accept any credit cards. You know, in, in a quick service restaurant, credit cards are huge. And yeah. if you can't use credit cards, it's a problem. So we were able to use our mass communication tool to get that information out to about 1,200 operators in the field that there was a workaround. And, and we were able to communicate that there were, here's the problem and here's the workaround. Man, that's business continuity and resiliency at work right there. That's what it's all about. Oh, that's that's an awesome story. And it's so true. Anytime there's confusion, it's an absolute productivity killer. And when productivity declines, it impacts your ability to earn revenue. Yes, sir. And it can be a real mess. So great, great story. Are severe weather and natural disasters the biggest threats that Whataburger faces on an ongoing basis? Weather and natural disasters are always top of mind. Wildfires in the West, snow and ice storms in the North to severe storms, tornadoes and hurricanes in the South and the coastal regions, we do it all. And so those are a large portion of the incidents that we face. But there are many different incidents that can cause impact to our customers, 
our family members, the units, and even we monitor for brand reputational problems uh, in our social media platforms. Most incidents are quick developing and we have to react quickly and respond quickly so it doesn't grow or get out of hand. So we have multiple incidents that we do follow, but Unfortunately, the, the natural disasters and the weather are the biggest number of incidents we follow. So do you start ramping up for hurricane season pretty early so it doesn't catch you by surprise? Absolutely. We already redo our hurricane preparedness plan every year, starting in January. And then in quarter two, we have meetings with, with each of the operational teams that are along the coast. And in May, I'm going to Pensacola, I'm going to Harlingen, I'm going to Corpus, and going to Houston. And given the, the hurricane preparedness training to all the operating partners, which are the general managers of the units, and how they how they go about closing a unit. When do they close? How do they close? What do they need to do before they close? And then when they are going to reopen, here's the things that they follow to reopen. If they've been without power for a certain amount of time, then our time and temperature products uh, have to be thrown away. Well, that has to be done in a specific order, in a specific way. So there's lots of information about uh, responding to hurricanes that we have to get out to a lot of units that are along the coastline. Well, speaking of inclement weather and natural disasters, one of the things I, I really love most about Whataburger, beyond the patty melt and frankly, everything else on the menu, <laughs> is how it supports impacted communities after disasters. Can you share a bit about that? Absolutely. We love the communities that we are in. We're prided to be called the, your hometown Whataburger. We're, we are always part of the communities that we are in. The spirit of the family drives our business decisions and influences all, all our interactions throughout the company and with our communities. As I said before, Whataburger doesn't have employees. We have family members. Everyone shares in the success of the company. Together, we operate on a pride, uh, uh, on a foundation of pride, care, and love. And we show that in each community that we are vested in. And, and we are proud sponsors of numerous events in all those communities that are before incidents that, that occur. In 2001, the 77th Texas legislature officially recognized what Texans have always known for 50 years, and that's Whataburger is designated a Texas treasure. Today, we incorporate that pride, care, and love in our disaster response, and not only the everyday communities that, that we're in. Whataburger has even a food truck that we use for normally for marketing purposes, but it's put into full disaster response mode when it is necessary. And we will take it to the coastline if there's a hurricane or take it to a tornado ravaged area and set it up and start serving food out of it. We have what a guy, what a teacher, what a dad, what a mom, the official burger for the Dallas Cowboys, Houston Astros. We have a baseball field in Corpus Christi called Whataburger Field. We're ingrained in all the communities that, that we serve. One uh, incident that I wanted to uh, to talk about real quick was during Hurricane Harvey. When Hurricane Harvey came across the coastline around Rockport, it devastated that small town. We have a unit in Rockport and it knocked the power out and it didn't damage the building but we were able to bring a generator in and we uh, hooked the generator up to that building and we were able to reopen that business in a couple days, but we weren't feeding, making money. We were providing free meals 
to the responders. We were providing free meals to the community and the electrical crews and such so they could make sure this community was put back together. They didn't have any hot food anywhere. And so we were able to provide that. One other story is here lately, uh, the city of Laredo went through about a 10-day period of no water. Can you imagine a, a city as large as Laredo without any water? Well, we were able to, to go into there with our, we have Whataburger water bottles, and we had pallet after pallet after pallet of Whataburger water bottles that we were able to provide to the community because we're that's another community that we're, we're totally into. And, and we love to spread that pride, care, and love wherever we are, whether it's uh, regular time or whether it's disaster time. Whataburgers have been known to be the beacon in the night of the storm to fill the mission of serving that community during a disaster. And we know that we have to get those units open because those communities are relying on us. And they know if Whataburgers open, well, things are going to be okay. <laughs> Can you tell us about the craziest or most shocking situation that you've experienced during your time at Whataburger that you're allowed to share, of course? Yeah, there, there are some crazy ones that, that I can't talk about, but, uh, but I, yeah, I can talk about a few. Uh, you know, being a business that's open 24-7, 365 with a drive-through, there's crazy things that go on, especially in the middle of the night. And there's just a couple off the top of my head that, that I can think of. We've had customers, uh, of course, in Texas, people are on horse back and they think that uh, it's no problem to come up to the drive-through on horses and okay. uh, have a, we have a picture matter of fact i sent it to our alert media friends the other day of four guys on horseback getting their food through the drive-through because their horse trailer would not fit in the drive-through so they took the horses out of the trailer and rode the horses through the drive -thru. only in texas <laughs> uh, only in texas you know you, it doesn't get any better than that you know we have all kinds of stuff that happen in the drive-through at night with customers yelling and screaming at each other. Almost weekly, there's a fight in a drive-thru somewhere uh, that we have to call the police department to uh, to come break up. We had one incident down in, in uh, along the coastline in Houston that they uh, did an incident called rolling coal. I don't know if you know what rolling coal means, but that's where somebody holds the doors open and a diesel truck comes up next to the doors and guns it and fills the dining room full of diesel smoke. Ugh. And you can imagine what that's like. And, and the cleanup after that is just incredible. And that's luckily that doesn't happen very often, but being uh, on open on Friday nights after football games, the last one I want to tell you about are uh, food fights. We'll have two uh, rival high school teams come in and get into a food fight. And we, you know, we're part of the community and we know it's going to happen. What's funny is it'll happen and then they'll help you clean it up, <laughs> you know, and we don't call the police unless they get out of hand. We just go in and clean it up and uh, chalk it up to kids having fun. And uh, as long as it doesn't get out of hand, as long as they help us clean it up, we're good with it. But that's just a few uh, things that happen in a quick service restaurant that's open 24 hours. What is it about emergency management that has kept you in this line of work for so long? 
Well, you know, Peter, from my biography, I have been in fire and EMS and emergency management for over 30 years now. And I feel like it's all about helping people. That That's what I do is, is I've always in my work, I've always done things to where I can help people get through things either medically or, or preventing something. And emergency management allows me to take that step forward, even though I don't do active response any longer for fire and EMS, I'm able to go into the emergency management field as I am now, and I'm still able to help people. And plus, it takes it one step further than the response mode that that I came from. It's all about preventing the issues or mitigating the issues before they begin. In the industry, we call it working left of boom. I I love working left of boom, uh, making those plans and making sure that everything is taken care of before the incident happens. So it's so rewarding, and I even consider it an honor to be able to assist teams in achieving their goals. And we always try to plan for the worst and hope for the best. And I love doing that with the individual teams and the people that I work with. I also enjoy the challenges that are presented to me every day. There's always something different. There's always those times that you have to make those crucial decisions on the fly. And it's really rewarding when a plan all comes together. And then the the last part of that is why I really love emergency management is you still have that family mentality in the community. The fire and EMS was such a family and brotherhood mentality. And the emergency management is the same way. All my colleagues in emergency management are just like family. I talk to them almost every day. I've got some of my best friends here in San Antonio are emergency managers for other organizations and companies. And the collaboration between everyone, whether they know you or not, is just amazing. So I'm able to continue helping people prepare, respond, and even recover if something happens from a a catastrophic situation long after my time in response was over. So that's what I really love about going further in emergency management. Do you think all that time you spent more on the reactive side makes you much more effective on the proactive side now? Oh, I think it does. It, it has prepared me for the inevitables and, and for the quick decisions and being able to be calm under pressure. It's one thing I've been told that that I'm, my voice is always the calm of the storm. And what's funny is it's normally a hurricane that, that we're dealing with. So <laughs> the response mode and dealing with those emergency situations every day has conformed, I guess, my uh, attitude and my dealings in emergency management with a calm reassurance. And that's big when people are going through disasters and situations that they're not used to. Well, thank you for sharing those things. This has been a fantastic conversation. And thanks for taking the time to join us today. I'm going to keep my eye out for any shenanigans next time I go through the Whataburger (laughs) drive through after hours. Watch out for those horses. (laughs) I'll look up at the camera and wave. If any of our listeners want to connect with you or just continue the conversation, how can they find you out there? Well, you know, you can always go to whataburger.com to find out different things about the Whataburger company. Whataburger's on Facebook, Twitter, and of course, Instagram. They can look me up personally on LinkedIn. I, I post a lot on there and, and take part on there. Or if you need just to send me an email, my email here at Whataburger is Derek at wbhq.com. Be more than happy to respond to you. Excellent. Well, thanks again to Ron and to all of our listeners for joining us on the Employee Safety Podcast. 
To ensure you never miss an episode, you can become a subscriber at Alert Media's website or on your favorite podcast player. We'd also appreciate you giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Have a safe week, everyone. Alert Media is changing the way your leaders and response teams connect and communicate effectively when seconds matter. We provide our customers with a comprehensive solution for monitoring threats around the world and deploying fast, effective emergency communication. You need a panic-proof solution for high-stakes moments. In just a few clicks, your team can send a multi-channel notification to an impacted group of people and confirm their safety immediately. When employee safety is at stake, don't just communicate. Connect and confirm with a robust emergency communication solution. Visit alertmedia.com for more information. You've been listening to the Employee Safety Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give a quick rating of the show. Just tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.